All right, everybody, welcome to episode 57 of Toons Mate. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And today, Ray had an opportunity to interview Shay. He's from a band called The Barlow. And interesting, created an album, actually created two, created one right as the pandemic was happening, and then created another one during the pandemic. First one created right as many musicians were doing, just trading files. And then the second one got back into the studio and created it together there's always something special about being in the same room creating music and that is always something interesting i mean i know like genesis for example they always came and jammed and and created music on the spot and i think there is something about just creating music together as a band yeah i think a lot of music that we listen to ends up that way you hear stories from band after band of how you know, somebody was just sitting around and they came up with a riff and, and, or they, you know, they started humming a tune or coming up with some kind of hook. And then somebody else was like, I like that. And, you know, and, and a lot of music ends up coming that way in part because you're just kind of freeforming it and, and messing around. And, and that's how music happens a lot of times. You know, you can plan out music and plenty of folks have done that. But a lot of times, you know, you're just kind of playing around and you come across something. Hey, that's interesting. Let's see what we can do with that. It's really fascinating how music uh, develops that way. Yeah. And he talked about that. Generally, when he writes, it's, it's not I'm sitting down like Diane Warren. Got to record some songs today. It's very organic. But I like the title of the album. I asked him about it. He said, well, you know, it's interesting when you know, after the new year, you always have these new year resolutions, but typically what happens the most, it's you're still the same old person again. And that's what I, I thought the, the title of the album was pretty fitting around that. And there is something true about that. I did mention, it's like, oh, so you're throwing your hat in the arena when it comes to new year songs. Cause there's only a couple, if you think about it, you've got you two, mm-hmm. maybe a Lou Rawls song. He's like, no, 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 I'm really not doing that. But it is interesting how there really aren't a lot of songs about the new year. Yeah, and even the U2 one is not really about the new year. It's about a, you know, <laughs> an event, that, like bad event that happened on. But yeah, you know, so the idea of, you know, new year, old me. And I, you know, uh, the kind of that old standard, right? The more things change, the more they remain the same. You know, that we have so many times where we, we think of new stuff and, hey, it's still just me and I'm here. And, um, and that's that's kind of emblematic of the music in some kind of way. You know, you kind of, Hey, I got a new album out. I got a, you know, we're doing some new stuff and it's new and it's, it's different, but it's still me. It's still the, the me that you count on. It's still the, the me that, that um, you've been listening to. I mean, that's where, you know, a lot of bands have made it that way. A lot of artists, not just bands, artists in general, you know, it's it, that line between developing something new. You don't want to just do the same song over and over and over again. Right. That gets, you know, fans don't, like that people don't like it it's too much repetition so you see so want something new but you still got to sound like yourself you know if you do something so, totally different then you kind of people don't know what to do with you fans get turned off and it's just not the same experience right i think we've talked on here before and i've said you know the the idea of mood or experience right that to me music is about an experience and i want a particular experience at a particular point in time and so we listen to an artist because they give us an experience and you don't want maybe the exact same experience you want you want something new but at the same time you want it to be something that feels comfortable something that feels like you've done this before you know something something that that 
feels like the artist, it feels like the type of experience you're looking for. I think of like, um, I, you know, I, w- I went to see uh, Tears for Fears in concert earlier this summer and, and their new album. And I, I think in a lot of ways, it, it's kind of like that. It's, it's, it's a brand new album, their first in years, and, but it sounds like Tears for Fears. It still has, you know, their, their couple of singles off of there. They sound, sounds like it's new. It's not the same as, as Everybody Wants to Rule the World or Break It Down Again or whatever you're going to go to. But it still feels like Tears for Fears. And so this kind of idea that, that Barlow has here of, you know, it's, it's a new year. It's new stuff. New me, but really just old me. Yeah. Well, let's jump right into the interview. Come back and we'll wrap up the episode in a moment. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tunes Mate. And I have the honor of being joined by Shay Boynton from the Barlow. How are you, Shay? I'm doing well. Yourself? Good. Excited to have you here. Had the opportunity to check out your latest effort. And I've gone through it a few times, and there's a bunch of tracks that jump out to me. I'm interested to hear about how you wrote the music. I saw that you were together as a as a band working on this for a few months and always curious to see how artists put together an album and what the process is and let's just start from the title where did the title come from i tend to you know like just you know throughout time i tend to like if i if i hear things if you know i hear a saying or a cool word or anything like that i'm just a creature of of putting it in my notes and that title just came from you know, you, you get on, you know, social media on New Year's Day and right. And everybody's, you know, new year, new me that, you know, all these resolutions that, that they'll probably never fulfill. <laughs> and, and, uh, I don't know, you know, I just was kind of like, what, what's the opposite of this? And, you know, new year, old me, like I don't change much. I'm just me, you know? Yeah. I love it. I agree with you. We do that a lot. My, partner in crime here at the podcast will put together lists. And I always think about there aren't a lot of like New Year's Day songs. There's a lot of Christmas songs, but there's only a couple. You've got the U2 New Year's Day. I think there's another one, What You Doing on New Year's Eve. I think it's by Lou Rawls. I mean, there's there's a couple songs, but there aren't many that address that. So I, I love that you've thrown your hat in the ring <laughs> with your song. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a New Year's Day song per se. I mean, I think it could definitely be interpreted that way, but mm-hmm. it was really just a nod to like, there's, I always think there's like, I'm in my mid thirties now and, you know, there's stuff that I liked back when I was a teenager and in my twenties that, that I still like, you know, like that mm-hmm. I still yeah. do or things about me that are the same. and you know, I always say like for better or for worse, you know, on the flip side of that, you got, you know, I have some, and this is probably true about myself, but there's, you know, I got friends that have kind of grown up and become jaded or, you know, or they're, you know, bitter at the world or, so it's like, I just, it's just kind of a nod to like, you know, just your stripes, you are who you are and, you know, whether, whether people like it or not. Yeah. And that's, I think, like you said, that's something that, I know as we get older, we start reflecting back upon and thinking about, and I like the fact that you've addressed that with your the title of the album, the title track, and a couple of the songs that jumped out to me. And for all the listeners out there that are thinking about new music, and that's one of the goals of Tunesmate is to expose those to artists that you may have not heard of, but also at the same time, we get stuck in this rhythm of listening to the same songs over and over and trying to break you out of that 
monotony. You know, a couple of the tracks jumped out to me. Josephine seemed very upbeat, and I was wondering where that song came from and what was the background on that one. That's kind of a personal song. I I wrote that right on the heels of our last album. The last album we fleshed out and recorded during COVID, and once when it was kind of in the bag, I started writing new material, and that was actually the first song that I wrote for this new record. And yeah, it was just kind of a personal experience of I'm originally from the Northeast and I've, I've lived in Colorado most of my life, but just like a heartbreak experience that I went through and, you know, just having, having friends there to kind of pick you up. Right. Well, I mean, the, the track definitely has a lot to it. I mean, there's, it's very upbeat. I felt myself pulled into it. I like how it was put together. And part of the process when you were recording this, it sounded like last record, pandemic, this record, still kind of on the, I don't know what stage we are right now, Shay, but sure. definitely you recorded this album together as, sounds like, as a group. And when you were, sounds like this was the first track, how did you go about putting this one together as opposed to your last effort? Was there any difference in the way you created the music? Yeah, the, the last record we had, we had a member change. And, you know, the whole thing was kind of compartmentalized, right? Everybody was from home. We were bouncing tracks back and forth and, and what have you. But this one was more of a collaborative effort. We, we toured a lot last year. And then towards the end of the year, we took a few weeks off the road and actually rehearsed. We tend to not rehearse. We, we got together to rehearse and, you know, just structure the songs, arrange them, you know, let, let the other guys, like I try to bring songs that are, like like a skeleton right like just like i try not to bring too much because i want the guys to feel like they have a stake and they, they you know they got some skin in the game so i try to bring you know verse choruses bridges stuff like that the the bigger parts of the songs and then you know we we flesh out riffs and and solos and timing and feel and all that stuff so yeah we we spent about three weeks just kind of dialing that in did some pre-production stuff and then we jumped in the studio in, in december of last year to cut the drums and the bass. We cut most of the guitars at my house and did some vocal stuff at a buddy's house, another engineer buddy of mine. And um, I just like doing it that way. Like it's, I'm not set up for drums and I, I'm, I, I like to lean on somebody else for bass stuff, but I really like doing the guitars uh, from home. It's just, you know, you're not looking at a clock. You can throw stuff at the wall. There's just, to me, there's just so much more freedom. Yeah, you can tell in the final product, I could sense that when you're playing. And what I found interesting when you're talking about, you know, getting together and the skeleton. So it sounds like, are you, when you're coming up with your ideas, you said you've kind of got a notebook where you write down phrases and things like that. Is that how you typically are creating your music from just kind of organically writing things? Or are you actually sitting down and saying, okay, I must write a song today? I never do that. I know guys that do. I try and write when I'm inspired. And yeah, I like, you know, like I said, I keep a you know, a notepad in my phone of just, just different ideas that, you know, if, if I'm sitting down to write or I got a cool chord pattern or a riff or something, and it's, it's somewhere to start, you know, somewhere to draw from, or maybe there's a line in there that, you know, you could, you could build a story off of, or just food for thought, just something to brainstorm. That's smart. That's, it's like your inspiration book. And another song that jumped out to me, and it's a little farther down, was Obsession. It had a really interesting guitar riff. Where did that riff come from? So we, funny enough, you know, you sometimes have these songs that just come together, you know, little effort. And that riff was one that I originally, I had wrote it differently. 
and we reworked and reworked because we really wanted to do some guitar harmony stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, you know, we changed some of the notes around just to fit the the key really. And yeah, that's that was kind of that was one of those ones that we just we we actually did spend a lot of time like shaping that riff. <laughs> I could tell it it caught me the moment I played it. I was like, okay, that stood out to that's me. Cool. And then also the the without emotion had a. I don't know what kind of drum beat it is, but as soon as I heard the like the opening drum beat, I just started thinking about, you know, I've got this kind of kickback outdoor party music, you know, I'm out in a, I started having a vision of where I was. And I know you said you laid down the drum separately, but was that song built around that drum beat or was that something you had in your head? Where did that come from? Yeah, that was the song that started with a riff. It started with that riff. I wrote that on, the, on our back porch on, on an acoustic. And I remember my wife was sitting out there and I go, you know, have you heard this somewhere? Like, and, you know, I sent it to the guys too, I think in like a voice memo, like, have you, have you heard this somewhere? Like, this sounds familiar to me, but like, if, if you haven't, I'm going to use it. <laughs> so yeah, and that kind of has like that. And yeah, initially the intention was to have that like second line feel like New Orleans backbeat to it. And then, you know, the chorus kicks in is more straightforward, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that all came about. Yeah, it really flows. I mean, I just kept thinking that this is one of those albums you can just put on and you know people are listening and tapping their feet and you're just kind of moving around you know you're you're at a party and I do see that you have you've been on the road doing touring and it sounds like you have a another you know show tonight how has it been out there for you touring and have you had a chance to play any of your new songs out on the road Yeah we're playing we're pl- pretty well playing almost the whole record Yeah touring's been great man um you know, was, we've had a good summer and, you know, we've put, put some miles on the old van. Yeah, it's been good. You know, I think it always, there, there's some markets that are harder than others. You know, obviously like places like Texas, it's just a cultural thing, you know, like Texas is always good to us. But yeah, it's been good, man. I think people want to be out. People want to see live music again. So it's been good. Yeah, I've been seeing that. There's just been a really an uptick. And even some of the classical performers, like the Elton John is finally back out there. And I know there was this big tour with poison and motley crew they all finally yeah. Def leopard they're like okay we're finally hitting the road we're out there again so they definitely was was yeah did you get a chance to hear anybody to go to the show nope i didn't go the tickets were ungodly and yeah that's um, the other thing ticket prices are definitely going through the roof now man i get it though like it's it's all relative like we we see it too you know like we get we're you know we get hammered on gas on on the road and just the overhead in general is just just gone up man it's like anything yeah we're definitely in that period. And I guess the interesting thing as we're talking about this, and you mentioned this down the road, and since we're talking about music and artists, what are some of your influences? Man, it's, I like it all. I know that's, that's probably cliche or, um, I really do though. Like I grew up on, you know, my dad was a, a big classic rock guy, you know, you know, you mentioned Elton John. He's one of my favorites, the Almond Brothers, you know, Thin Lizzy, uh, Billy Joel, like all that stuff. He wasn't a big country guy. I didn't really delve into that until later on. But, you know, I like I like punk rock. I like, you know, all the classic country, contemporary country. And I always like to def- make sure I define that. A lot of the, you know, a lot of the contemporary country that I listen to isn't on, isn't on the radio. But, you know, I'm, I'm really, other, other than like electronic music, you know, like I don't really listen to any of that stuff or rap very much, but I mean, I kind of like it off. It has strings, you know? Yeah. That's pretty much how our site rolls as well. We like to appreciate 
everything. I always mess this up. I think it's B.B. King, but I believe he said, there's always good music in every genre. You just have to look for it. And Absolutely. You mentioned that you grew up with classic rock. What kind of moved you into making a career around country? Was that something that drew you in, that you just felt that it was part of your natural being? Yeah, I mean, I think I love, I love the storytelling of, of country music. And I think, you know, there's always this like never ending pursuit of getting better at telling stories. Cause I don't feel like personally, like in person, I'm a very good storyteller. Like if we're just, you know, BSing over a beer or something, like I'm not one of those guys who like are very like captivating, like, you know, so I feel like my way of doing it is through song and. I've just kind of always been drawn to that. And as I've gotten older and, you know, had different jobs and this and that, like just studying different people and like there's narrative songs we have that are just about different characters I've I've met, you know, doing whatever. It's just, I, I like that. Yeah, I could tell. I mean, definitely there's a lot of storytelling there. And you talked about growing up. How did you stumble into playing music was it a guitar bestowed on you by parents or did you just somehow pick it up and start doing it yourself how did you start all this family of musicians really my dad plays my brothers play cousins my grandfather was a jazz musician like when i was younger and we lived in the woods in maine you know there really wasn't much to do out there and we had a we had like a shop slash studio space with, you know, all, all the instruments. And there was really a way to pass the time. You know, I started playing drums first when I was a kid and then moved to guitar in my early teens. And it's just always been constant. Like I, I love doing it. Um, I've kind of always been involved in music and it just, it, I don't know. It makes me happy, you know? Exactly. If you're having fun, you are at it. And your vocal style definitely has a unique quality to it. How did you develop that style? I mean, I don't know. Like when I was younger, I definitely sang a lot cleaner, you know, not, not so raspy. And it just, it just kind of evolved into that over time at this point. Like, it's just the way I sing. Like I've tried to like break myself of the raspiness, but it's, it's just the way I sing. Like, it's just my, it's just naturally how I I sing. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's definitely unique. I mean, when you, you put everything together. That's why I think as listeners out there, if you're looking for some new music, definitely check out the Barlow and experience this for yourself. And as we think about where you're going now, so you, you've got your, your new record out there, you're on the road, and you seems like you've been rapidly recording. You know, you've been in the studio a couple of times. Are you know, next steps? What are some of the things that you're working on is there anything else kicking around in your mind over there shay i mean we're always trying to grow the band right i mean i mean that's any musician would be lying to you if they if they didn't want you know more success right i mean like more people to listen to their music and and connect with the with the band and so i mean to us it's you know i I think there's there's a couple ways there you know you, you got some of these guys who get on tiktok and go viral and i just don't think that's our path Um, you know, I think for us, it's going to be, it's going to be a grassroots build. We're going to, we're going to go out and play shows and, and try and captivate people. And I think 
that that's just our path, you know, like, so yeah, at this point, you know, we just, we just signed on with, with a booking agent and, you know, we're, we're hoping to do some more festivals next year, which has always been kind of a tough nut nut for us to crack. So yeah, more festivals, you know, do, you know, we've done some runs with, with some, you know, bigger nationals and some one-off shows with, with nationals and keep trying to build the band, you know, and spread the word. Yeah, definitely. I think what you have is unique. And in your own words, how would you describe your music and your vibe? I've said before that, you know, I think we're a blue collar band, you know, I think at the heart of it, you know, our, our music may not be intended for the most extreme country folk, but we're a multi, we're somewhat of a multi-genre band. We, we try and, you know, make it as cohesive as possible. But I think, you know, that comes from all of us just being music lovers and, you know, we don't want to necessarily play, you know, one genre all the time. It's nice to be able to change it up and, and throw some rock and roll stuff in there, throw some Southern rock stuff in there, some country stuff, some, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of our shtick. Nice. Well, definitely have to check out The Barlow and it's thebarlowband.com. Yes, sir. And you're going to be out on tour. And for those that are going out to your show... Are there any songs from your prior catalog that you always have to play every time you go out there or you kind of mixing it up? Are there some deep cuts or what's the uh, set list looking like? There's a few staples. There's Hard Love and Horseshoe Lounge off the last record we tend to always play. There's a couple few off the first record that we, there's one in particular, we shut it down, we always play. We cut that on the first record and then we recut it um, on the newest record just because we've kind of changed how we play it. We wanted just a new version of it. But yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we play, we play old stuff, you know, obviously we've been hot on the, on the new stuff. So we've been playing a lot of that. And, you know, I think live, we tend to lean into more of the, you know, kind of rock and roll, the Southern rock vibe more than very country-esque, but you know, we're still true to the album. It's different, you know, it's live is different than studio. Couldn't have said it better. Well, Shay, it was great having you on the podcast. If once again, if you're looking for some new music, make sure to check out the new record. It's out there and looking forward to continued success for your band and appreciate you being on the podcast. Appreciate you having me, man. You're welcome. Take care, Shay. See ya. All right. Well, welcome back. And it was interesting. He talked about that growing up, his dad would listen to a lot of you know classic rock and he was raised on a lot of different genres, but then as your own artist, you form the direction you're going in and country was where he landed. I always find it interesting when a music artist finds their genre that they, you know, no, everyone says, you know, you can't classify my music. You know, you could talk to many artists about that, but Shay landed in country. Yeah. It, that is kind of fascinating. And, and a lot of times it shows how music, music blends together, right? That, that rock country, gospel, R&B, there, there's always threads of similarities in there. And I keep thinking of when you talk about this idea, you know, you grow up listening to rock, but then you end up in country and, you know, there's lots of crossover there. You know, their website talks about a uh, uh, Southern rock and, you know, that, that, you know, Southern rock has a long history of, you know, being connected to country. But the artist that keeps coming to mind is Garth Brooks. I mean, Garth Brooks grew up listening to Kiss and Billy Joel and all kinds of other stuff and then became 
you know, <laughs> biggest selling country artist in history, right? So, and, you know, and then he played around late 90s, early 2000s. He played around with kind of uh, uh, rock music a little bit. And, it, and, and he still to this day, you know, performs covers of, of rock artists and pop artists. But uh, it, that's kind of, it is, it is interesting how you end up going from one genre to another and you find a home in a, in a particular genre a lot of times. And again, it goes back to that theme we talked about uh, before uh, at the beginning, of, before the interview of you find yourself. And that's the old me part of this, that this is where I, I feel like I belong and my fans feel like my music belongs. And, and that's what, that's what feels comfortable about genres. That's what genre is all about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been amazing just with tunes mate, how much, different variety we always are providing and i think this round definitely check out the barlow and in the music that's been created here and i don't know ray if you saw but we have the the current title title up there and it's is this love so you've got bob marley survivor and white snake which way did you lean on this one ray uh well i mean they're all good songs. I had a moment of, well, let's think about this for a moment, but Here I Go Again is fundamental to my musical development. In the fall of 87 was when I, right. summer and fall of 87 was when I really got into music. And Is This Love was, you know, the, the second hit off of that album and the White Snake's second biggest hit. So I had to go with uh, White Snake. What about you? Yeah, I, I listened to all three of them a few times and I couldn't choose for a while did one of those but then I go back to what I always choose is which one do I play when I'm DJing what do people dance to and it's is this love Bob Marley yeah and what I found interesting was and I, I'm gonna put this up as a, a guess what that the is this love song by Whitesnake was actually written for Tina Turner Mm-hmm. and then they recorded it. So then I started thinking in my mind, trying to listen if Tina Turner's version. <laughs> and if you if you hear that in your head, it's it actually, it works. Yeah, I remember hearing that story years ago, and it it does. I mean, I, I did the same thing. I said, okay, let me imagine Tina Turner hearing this. But the story was that, you know, Coverdale wrote it, and and they wrote it for Tina Turner, and after Whitesnake did a demo of it for the, the record producers, they were like, no, you got to, you got to record this. And I, I think uh, as much as Tina Turner, I mean, Tina Turner would have rocked it. You know, she's, she's awesome. And, and I think that her version would have been really fascinating. And I can, again, I can kind of hear it in my mind. I, I think that they made the right decision because the White Snake version just has such a, a depth to it that, that I, I really like. Yeah. And of course, you know, the video and everything else. So. Yeah. <laughs> without it I, I think that album wouldn't have been as strong so good decisions there <laughs> well appreciate you continually putting up the daily 80s fix up there keep the fight going out there on the site yeah happy to do it the, the 80s flashbacks are great and it's interesting you use the word fight because uh one of my recent daily 80s flashbacks was a little fighter by white lion it's probably my favorite song by them and it was really kind of a uh, you know, again, that that idea of experience, it was really kind of fun just to to hear that song again and play it again. And and that's what the Daily 80s flashback is about, right? Seeing, finding new tunes you didn't know from the 80s, 
hearing old songs you haven't heard in a while, hearing the ones you hear, you know, every week and uh, and just getting to, to have an experience every day. Yeah, it was one of my favorites, too. And I like the fact that in this, the song didn't chart that high, but I do remember it got incredible amount of airplay. So it's one of the songs that just throws you back there. And that's that's the idea. You know, you're even your five years ago always still baffle me. That was five years ago. Okay. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> sure it was. So keep tuning in. Thanks for all your support. Please follow our blog and subscribe to our podcast. And once again, I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And we'll see you next time.